BFC family. Glad you've joined us today. The reading today comes from Romans 9, verses 18 through 26. And the word of the Lord says this. So then, he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to the molder, Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. As indeed he says in Hosea, those who were not my people, I will call my people, and her who was not beloved, I will call beloved. And in the very place where it was said of them, you are not my people, there they will be called sons of the living God. This is the word of the Lord. I want to talk to you today about God's sovereign choice. The chapter we've come to in our study of Romans is an important chapter, and it's a very controversial chapter. The Apostle Paul, writing in the book of Romans, starts a new section of the book. In verses 9 and 10 and 11, he's going to deal with the issue of God's sovereignty and human responsibility. And it is not an exaggeration to say that a lot of ink has been spilled by theologians and different people trying to work out how these things work together, God's sovereignty and human responsibility. And we're going to see that in the next few weeks as we think together about this. But for today, we're in chapter 9, and this chapter simply deals with the fact of God's sovereignty, that God is in fact in charge of everything, that he has planned all things out for his glorious purposes. And so we want to think about this together today. And in order to think about this, and in order for us to think accurately about this, we have to start in the right place, if we want to understand. And the place I want to start is a little surprising. It's actually not in Romans 9. It's in Psalm 51, verse 5. And the first thing we have to do when we think about this is take into account what David talks about in this verse. Because this is a verse of confession. David is confessing his sin. He's fallen into sin with Bathsheba, as responsible for the murder of Bathsheba's husband, uh, Uriah. And David is confessing to God, and he says in 51.5 of the psalm, Surely I was sinful at birth, surely from the time my mother conceived me. This is the place where we have to start when we think about God's sovereignty. What we're told here is that all men are conceived in sin. We are born in iniquity. In other words, there's never been a time in our lives when we were not on the wrong side of what was good and right with God, and that every one of us, without exception, deserves nothing but wrath from God. 
Now, because this is true, if God chooses to leave anyone in their sins, he is doing nothing unjust. He isn't doing anything wrong. To punish sinners is good and right. And in fact, God has to punish sinners because that proves that he's just. So the place we have to start when we think about this is realizing that we have no claim on God that we don't have any way to justify ourselves before him and that him punishing us for our sins is right and good and proves that he is just. But as we'll see in these chapters, chapters 9, 10, and 11 of Romans, God doesn't leave these things in that condition. He chooses to save some while others remain unredeemed. And his choice to save some is mercy. So we're being told something about God here. And what we're being told about God is very important for us to understand. Through God's sovereignty, we're told that God is just, that he punishes sin. But through God's sovereignty, we're also assured that God is merciful, that he saves, that he keeps. So what we find out through God's sovereignty is that he's just, but he's also the justifier of those who put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is right and good. It's right that we should observe this because the purpose of creation is not, as we might think, the salvation of our souls, though blessedly our souls will be saved. But the purpose of creation is to make God known to men and angels. So God's sovereignty fulfills this purpose. Through his sovereignty, we know him to be the one who is just, but we also know him to be the one who is merciful, who justifies those who believe. And if we think about it for a moment, it really has to be this way. If God saved everyone, we'd never know that he is just. We wouldn't know that he punishes sin. On the other hand, if God condemned everyone, we'd never find out that he's merciful. So God reveals a balanced picture of who he is through the exercise of his sovereignty. Now, this is a concept that a lot of people struggle with, and I want to talk for a few minutes about why we struggle with this idea, this concept, this reality of the sovereignty of God. And I want to suggest three possible answers to that. First, could it be that we are secretly universalists? That we secretly believe that man is good, not bad, not fallen, but good, and that everyone deserves to go to heaven? Could we secretly believe that? Secondly, could it be that we're secretly self-righteous? We secretly believe that we're more just than God. That if God were only merciful, just like we are, well, he'd let everybody into heaven, or he would at least give everybody a fighting chance. Could it be that we actually think we're more righteous than God? Or maybe we struggle with it for reason number three. Could it be that we secretly resent God's authority? We secretly insist on being our own savior. We want to be the hero of our own story. Could it be that we resent God's authority? Now, if it is any of these things, let's say this about it. What we miss when we think these ways 
is what our Bible tells us clearly. And what our Bible tells us clearly is none of us deserve a second chance, not even one. And we miss the main point, which is worst of all. We miss seeing that God is both just and the justifier of those who believe. Whenever we read things in our Bibles that are meant to give us comfort and they cause us to be afraid, we should be on our guard because we aren't understanding things correctly. God's sovereignty, this truth that we're talking about today, is meant to be a comfort to us, not a cause for fear or confusion or division. And so God is sovereign. We rest in the fact that he always does what's right. And that is a comforting pillow under our head that we can sleep on at night without fear. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the fact that you are the sovereign God. And there is a mystery between your sovereignty and our responsibility. We look forward when we get to the coming chapters to see how that that piece fits in. But for today, Lord, we simply thank you that you always do what's right, that you never do anything wrong. We can't understand your ways completely, but we do understand who you are. We trust you. We thank you for your grace. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. Thanks for joining us again today. And remember, we get to see who God is through the perfect balance of his sovereignty.